Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. One of the things we looked at a couple weeks ago was this, this verse that we're kind of gearing everything off of, and it's Proverbs 22, verse 3. Proverbs 22, verse 3, a prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on or are punished, and, and kind of relook at that in a, maybe a way to maybe easier understand it. We can look at it like this, the prudent sees danger and takes refuge. So a wise person, a prudent person, sees a problem in the future and takes refuge or changes direction. But the simple, they just pass on, they keep going, they pay the penalty, they suffer for it. So this is really important today as, as with this entire series. I want you to go online and listen to our podcast or watch on YouTube. It's important that you lean into this. It's important that you learn from this. I think that if, if we can all learn something, and myself included from this series, uh, I think that not only us individuals will make better choices in the future, but I think we can help our kids make better choices for the future. I think we can help our grandkids, our nieces, our nephews, maybe even our coworkers, our friends, the person you're sitting next to, maybe help them make some better decisions for the future as well. And so uh, I think this is something that we just really need to invest time in and we need to think about it, we need to pray about it. And last week we talked about something that was just not really popular, uh, <laughs> the, the message that I actually didn't like the most, and that was this, the easiest person to deceive is who? Not the person you're sitting next to. The easiest person to deceive is the person in the mirror. It's you. We are masters at deceiving ourselves. Remember how we talked about that last week? I wrote this down. You have talked yourself into. You have deceived yourself into. You have sold yourself into. Every bad decision you have ever made. Well, that's no fun to talk about. That hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> or, or this. Worse yet, you are the mastermind. You are the one that is behind your most regrettable decisions, whether it be financially, relationally, professionally, academically. You were there for all of those bad decisions. You were. How do I know that you were? Because I was. <laughs> and, and you're just as guilty as me, and I'm just as guilty as you. We're, we're the masters of, of the worst decisions we've ever made. We're, we've done more to undermine our own success and our own progress than any other individual on the planet. We just have. We're, we're, we're like our own worst enemies sometimes. And, and I know that because I've been so guilty about this. So, so last week, I started to introduce you to some correct questions that we need to ask ourselves anytime we're faced with an option or making a decision of any value or any worth. And so, so the question I, I tried to teach us last week that I want us to ask ourselves is this. Here's the question. This is the integrity question, we call it this, and it's, am I being honest with myself? Every time you're ready to make a decision, whether financially, academically, professionally, relationship, you have to ask yourself the question, am I being honest with myself? And better yet, I'd like you to ask it like this. Am I being honest with myself? Really? Even better than that, ask it like this. Put your name in front of it, Dan. Are you being honest with yourself? 
Really? Even better than that, stand in front of a mirror and ask that question. Dan, am I being honest with myself? Really? <laughs> and, and, and to truly be honest with yourself about why you're doing what you're doing, the decision you're making. Why do we have to do that? Because we looked at a story from the Old Testament. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 said this. said, the heart is deceitful. Interesting, it says this. It doesn't say the heart is dishonest. See, dishonest would be easy because you know when someone's dishonest. How do you know when someone's dishonest? Because they're just not being honest. Deceitful, though, is a trickier word. And I think it was written there, inspired by God on purpose, to say deceitful, not just dishonest. Why? Because deceitful has a little bit of truth with a little bit of false, right? So it says our heart, you are, our heart is, is, is deceitful to yourself above all things, is desperately wicked, is desperately incurable. You can never know it. You, you'll never figure it out. You, you won't grow out of it. You won't mature out of it. You won't, like, well, when I turn 50, I'll start being smart and I won't be deceitful anymore. <laughs> no, I, I wish it was like that. Don't you wish, like, well, when I turn 18, I won't be a fool. Yeah, okay. How many of you did really stupid things after you were 18 years old? Yeah, yeah, it was bad enough when you were 16, but let's not even talk about those college years, right? So, so it says you got to be razor sharp on this because your heart is desperately wicked, and you got to ask yourself the question, am I being honest about this really? So uh, let's, get, let's dig into part three here today. Let's get going uh, on this, and I'm going to ask you a question. I asked this Friday night at our addiction recovery program. Those of you that were here for Simple Steps, you know exactly what question I'm going to ask you. And I want you to be honest, okay? Am I being honest, really? I want you to be honest. I want you to raise your hand if it's true for you for this question. Let me just see your raise of hands. How many of you drive slightly above the posted speed limit? Oh, my goodness. Wow. I thought we were at church. <laughs> all right, so just so, so you know what we did, uh, we just took pictures of all your hands, and we're sending it to the DMV. And this is, this is the new uh, red light, you know, photo policy they have that we just get people to be honest, and you're all going to be <laughs> getting a ticket for something. Uh, but we do that, right? We all drive, and I do it too. We, we have a tendency to drive above the posted speed limit. Um, let me ask you this question about that. Do, do you feel any guilt driving a little bit above the speed limit? Do you? You don't. What is a bunch of sinners here in this church? <laughs> but it's interesting, though. We'll drive a little bit over the speed limit, but we won't drive so fast as to what? To get pulled over. And we all know exactly what that speed is. How fast can you go before you get pulled over? What is it, church? About, yeah, 9, 10 miles an hour. Yeah, right, right. None of us want to get pulled over, and so what we all do, myself included, is we choose a speed that we're convinced, listen to me, we choose a speed that we're convinced will allow us to break the law, but will keep us from having an encounter with the law. That's what we do. Can I get an amen, church? Are we all guilty of this? Amen. All right, we're going to have an altar call. We'd like you all to come forward and confess it. <laughs> we'll be done today. Our, our natural inclination is to live as close to the line as possible. That is our human nature. We want to find a line for whatever it is. We do this. And, 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 and we're talking about driving your car. We find the line, and you know whatever your line is, wherever it is, and we like to live as close to the line 
as possible. The line between legal, 70, and illegal, I'll call it 81, all right? So we like to live right inside there somewhere. So it's not legal, you know, but it's not illegal, right? We haven't got caught. And, and, and we do that. We like to live between responsible and irresponsible, we, right? Don't we? We have a line somewhere in there, well, this is responsible, but I'm not irresponsible. How about this? Between moral and immoral. Got really quiet in the church. How about between ethical, I should have said this one on April 15th, ethical and unethical. Well, I didn't, I'm not going to get audited, but maybe I fudged a little bit of my taxes, right? We, we like that little comfort zone in there. Between, we, we like to draw the line between I'm still in control and I need help. Don't we do that? Isn't this, isn't this what we just do? And, and we're all guilty. This is kind of where we're at. It's human nature. We like to get as close to that line. We like to get as close to the edge of irresponsibility, close to the edge of disaster. We like to get as close to embarrassment. And then we like to stay there as long as possible. Right? We just like to get, how close can I get? And then I'm going to put the cruise control on and I'm going to stay there as long as I possibly can. And it's our human nature to do this, to see how much we can get by with, to see how much we can do until we get grounded, until we get embarrassed, until we get expelled, until we get fired, until we get kicked out of the house. That's just what our human nature does. We like to do that. And, and the reason we like to do that is because we have, all of us, myself included, we have what I'm going to call a flawed assumption. A flawed assumption. What do I mean by that? We have flawed assumptions. Here's some of the flaw, flawed assumptions I think that we have. Uh, we have these flawed assumptions that say, if it's not wrong, then it's all right. Okay? If it's not illegal, well, then it must be permissible. If it's not immoral, then it must be acceptable. If it's not over the line, then it's probably fine. Does this ring a bell with anybody? <laughs> Is this hitting home? Yeah. It's because it's our lifestyle. It's what we do. It's, it's what our heart does. And, and the problem with, with, with living this lifestyle, the problem with living on that line is, is, is this, is that, is that we bring ourselves to really the lowest common denominator, the lowest common thing, and, and essentially what we're asking ourselves, what we're telling ourselves is this, how low can I go? That, that's literally what we're saying. How low in my life, immorally, financially, responsibility-wise, ethically, legally, how low can I go before I get caught? How low can I go before there's embarrassment? How low can I go before there's a price to pay? How wrong can I get without actually doing something wrong? Or if you're religious, you go to church. How close can I get to sin without actually sinning? <laughs> and, and the problem with that is before long, we're, we're so close to that line, we're so used to being at that line, there's not much of a margin for error, and, and we become insensitive to it, and, and before we know it, before we realize it, we, we cross the line and, and we indulge in something, we do something that's now gone over the line because we've been hanging out the line so long, there's just no margin for error when we live a life like that. And so really, it really becomes a slippery slope and, 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 and the problem is I think that we're always asking the wrong question. I want to show you this, I want you to write this down in your notes. 
The reason we limit this line is because we're so used to asking the wrong question. Here's the wrong question. The wrong question that we ask all the time is this. Is there anything wrong with this? We like to ask this question. Is there anything wrong with this? Or maybe to rephrase that, we say, what's wrong with? Well, what's wrong with this, right? We're always asking that question. This is our human nature to do this. this is, well, is there anything wrong with this? What's wrong with this? And, and, and we set our limits so low, and we, we have these moral and ethical standards that, that are somewhere between right and, and legal or illegal or healthy or unhealthy, and, and there's just no margin for error, and it's a dangerous way to live. And instead of asking this terrible question, what's wrong with, it's just, guys, listen, that is the worst question to ask. If anything, I want you to learn today, if anything, don't ask that question. What's wrong with it? it it's, it's the lowest common denominator. It's the lowest place that you can live when you live saying, what's wrong with? Don't, don't do that. Don't let your kids live like that. I'm going to teach you a new question to ask yourself. I'm calling it today the maturity question. Last week, the question I taught you was called the integrity question. This is the maturity question, and I call it the maturity question because it requires maturity. Uh, refusing to ask this question, refusing to ask this question is a sign of immaturity. So if you can learn to ask this question, I think it's an establishment of maturity on your part. It's kind of like, you know, that verse we looked at in Proverbs, it said what? It said a wise person sees a problem and avoids it, right? But what else did it say? The naive or the simple person, they just keep going and they pay the penalty. That's an immature person. I see there's a problem coming, Da-da-da-da-da-da-da, there's a cliff coming, da-da-da-da-da, I'm just going to walk off the cliff, I'm going to pay the penalty for it, okay? So this really is the maturity question, and it requires maturity, and here is the maturity question. The maturity question is this, I want you to memorize this, what is the wise thing to do? This is the question that a mature person, especially a mature Christian, needs to learn to ask, needs to have second nature that we ask, not as, <coughs> excuse me, not as what's permissible, not as what's legal, not what's acceptable, not what's the industry standard, not what's, well, is that really immoral, <coughs> excuse me. But the question is, is it wise? Okay, so, so it's not, is this legal or illegal? You know, what's wrong with? No. The question is, is this the wise thing to do? Emphasis on the word wise. And, and here's why this is so important. And here's why it's the maturity question. Here's why this requires maturity to ask this question. Here's why. Because a, a mature person understands this, that a decision that you make, any decision that you make, can be both not wrong and unwise at the same time. <coughs> Excuse me. A decision that we make can be both not wrong and it can be unwise at the same time. All right? You can make a decision that's, that's not wrong, but it's also not wise at the same time. You can do that. All right? And, and a mature person understands that. And I want you to think about that just for a minute and, and to kind of prove this point. Let's drill on this just for a little bit. I want you to, I want you to understand this. I want you to think back for a moment, kind of in your mind just for a minute. Think back. Think back. Think back to a moment in your life that you have your greatest regret. That's uncomfortable for us to talk about, but I want everyone's got a different moment. Think back in a lifetime in your moment that was the greatest regret. Now, if you could go back and undo that, if you could undo and unmake that, okay, just think back to that greatest regret, the greatest bad decision you've ever made. 
what led up to your greatest regret? Think. Here I am in time. Here's my greatest regret. What led up to that greatest regret? What led up to it? I'll tell you exactly what led up to the greatest regret that you and I have. The greatest regret that we have, we got there. Why? Because we made a bunch of unwise small decisions that brought us all the way over there. These aren't illegal. These aren't immoral. These aren't, these aren't unacceptable. This isn't sinning. We got there because we made a bunch of unwise decisions that weren't necessarily wrong, weren't necessarily illegal, weren't necessarily unethical, but the culmination of a bunch of unwise decisions brought us to a point to where we, we made a decision that now we look back and we say, that was my greatest regret. Why? What? What? Why? Where? What was I thinking? What was I doing? Well, you made a bunch of unwise little decisions that brought you to the point to where you have in your life, and I have my life, the greatest regret, the greatest moment of immorality or, or unethicalness or, or sin. And so, and so uh, every time that moving forward, every time that we think about this, we have got to ask, what is the wise thing for me to do? Because we can't just ask, what is the legal thing for me to do? What's the acceptable thing to do? What's the moral thing for me to do? We can't always ask that because me and you are so good at blurring that. You all proved it when we started today by saying that you all break the law every time you're in your car you said it. You raised your hand. I got photos of it. We took pictures of it. You said it. So, so we're just, we're, that's the way we live. How close can I get to the line without going over that line without getting caught? Now, if you got your Bible, take your Bible. Uh, look over in the right-hand side of your Bible. In the New Testament, uh, there's a small book. Uh, it's called the Book of Ephesians. It's kind of a crazy name. The Book of Ephesians is a group of people that lived in a town called Ephesus. The guy who wrote this, his name is Paul. And he wrote a letter to a church. So it's like we're a church here in, in, in Pewaukee. So it'd be like, you know, imagine if Paul wrote us a letter, it would be called the letter to the Pewaukeeans, right? Uh, or the Waukeshonians, right? So these people lived in Ephesus, over there by Turkey. And, and so he writes this letter, and he calls it the book of Ephesians because it's written to them. And he says this. He, he's warning us about this. Take a look. Ephesians chapter 5. If you've got your Bible, it should be in your verse sheet there. Uh, look at this verse. Five, starting with verse 15, we'll look at two verses, put them together. Paul says this, church, he's talking to the church, okay, he's talking to Christians, ready? That's what he says. See then that you walk, or, or this not just like physically walking, but this is like your lifestyle, this is what you do, taking repeated steps. See then that you walk circumspectly. What does circumspectly mean? Circumspectly means properly, correctly, you know, um, you know right, prompt, you know, when you think of your kids being good, you think of them being circumspectly, they're doing their schoolwork, they're, they're doing it correctly. <coughs> Excuse me. See that you walk, like, correctly, not as a fool. Huh. That's interesting, because we kind of talked about that in Proverbs, remember that? Yeah. But as wise. Redeem the time, because the days are evil. So, so here's what, boy, <coughs> I'm sorry for coughing. Excuse me. Um, here's what he's saying. Here's what Paul's saying. Church, I'm going to put it in today's term. Stop it. I want you to stop it. I want you to be careful how you live. Do not be careless how you live. Church, I'm talking to you. Stop being careless. Sit up straight. Pay attention. Be awake. Come on, let's go. Here we go. Don't be a fool. Don't be a slouch. Don't be a bum. Be wise. I want you to be careful. Don't be careless. And, and then look what he says here at the rest of this. And he says, 
he says what? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. I want you to pay attention to how you're living. I don't want you to be a fool. I want you to be wise. Think, what is the wise thing to do? That's the question we're asking, right? I want you to be, why? Because he says, I want you to redeem the time, or that word redeem the time can kind of be said like reclaiming the time, making use of your time, not wasting your time, because the days are evil. Now, think about this word evil for just a second. Let's talk about that just for a moment. How many of you would raise your hand right now and, and be willing to say that the days or the, the culture that we live in, the culture that we live in today is more evil today than it was, say, 50 years ago? Okay. Is, is culture getting moraler-er? Is that a word? More, more morally-er? Or is it getting eviler? Culture is getting eviler, right? Eviler. That's not even a word. But so he says, listen, I don't want you to walk as a fool. I don't I want you to I want you to, to, to be wise with what you're doing. I want you to, to reclaim, take advantage of the time, because culture, the days, the time that you're living in is evil. M- meaning this, guys. Culture is not gonna help us. Listen, culture is not gonna help us live wise. It's not. Think for a moment. The last time you watched television or you watched a movie or whatever, think about the advertisement that you watched. Were, were there any advertisements that were telling you to be self-controlled? Was there any advertisements that were telling you to be wise? How about this? You go to a car dealership. You see the advertisement for a car. You go to a car dealership. Has this happened to anybody? You go to a car dealership. You talk to the car dealer. And the car dealers, you know, well, you really like that car, yeah? Well, we got the financing and everything. Well, tell you what. Here's what, the, here's what the salesman says. Tell you what. Why don't you go home and pray about it for a couple weeks? And if you feel like it's the right decision, why don't you come back? And we'll, we'll hold this car for you, all right? We'll, we'll make a deal. But I want you to talk to your pastor. I want you to get some counsel. I want you to make a wise decision about this car. Has that ever happened to anybody? No. What, what do they always say? <laughs> you better buy it now, man. This thing's going to be gone. It's a beaut. Well, I better talk to my wife. Well, who's, who's paying for it? Are you paying for it? Your wife's paying for it. Well, I'm paying for it. Well, then why do you need to talk to your wife? Well, I better talk to my parents. Are your parents driving this? No, you are. Well, then why do you talk to your parents? It's your car. You're driving it. You're paying for it. Why? Just, you better do it right now. This thing's going to be gone. Isn't that what they say? Of course. And so, and I'm not picking if there's any car dealers here today, but we get that. We understand the game. Uh, because the days are evil. Culture is not going to help you make a wise decision. It's not. It, there's just no way. The, the commercials on television aren't saying, listen, I want you to go home and, you know, be a good husband. No, I want you to go home and be a good parent. Have you ever seen a TV commercial come on and say, <clears throat> you know what? You're watching too much television. Why don't you turn this off and go play Legos with your kids? You know, you ever say that? Or, or how about this? Super Bowl's on. Watching Super Bowl. Commercial comes on. I just want to let you know that the next commercial is rated R. All right? You probably don't want to watch the next one. Why don't you turn off the TV for 60 seconds? Because it's a lingerie commercial that's coming up. Right? Turn off. We'll be right back. Have you ever seen that in a commercial? No, of course not. They don't say that. Why? Because culture's not getting better. Culture's getting eviler. And, and, so, and so Paul here is saying, listen. I want you to live as a wise person. I want you to be smart because, because culture is getting evil. Don't waste your life. Don't. Don't waste your life. And so 
So if we're not going to waste our life, we really have to ask the question. Then. See then that you walk smartly or wisely, not as a fool, but as wise. So we have to ask the question. We have to ask this question. What is wise? So next time you have a question financially, relationship, whatever, business-wise, a question of any value, the question you need to ask yourself is, what is the wise thing for me to do? Culture is not going to help me make a wise decision. My, my friends might, my Christian friends might, but culture is not going to help me do this. So, so I have to ask this. Now, I want to I help us to ask this question. I'm going to teach you how to ask this question from three different perspectives, all right? We got time. Good. We're going to three different perspectives. I, I actually learned this when I was in college. Um, I, I wish I always would have applied it more, but I learned this when I was in college. I want to kind of teach it to you now, okay? About asking this question about what is the wise thing to do. What is the wise thing to do? We're going to ask this from three different perspectives, okay? And I want you to get what I'm going to say in the next few minutes. If you, if you forgot everything I've said, that's fine, but I want you to get this, okay? Seatbelts on, thinking caps on, here we go. When you ask this question, what is the wise thing to do? I want you to think about this in, in light of your past, in light of your present, and in light of your future, okay? Here, here is the easiest way that I remember it. Here's how I learned it when I was in college, okay? I learned this phrase when I was in college. In light of my past experience, my current circumstance, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? Okay? So you can't just say, what's the wise thing for me to do? Because you have to remember this. The wise thing for me to do may be different than the wise thing for Jeremiah to do, which may be different than the wrong wise thing for Jason to do, which may be different for the wise thing that Nikki does. So, so what is the wise thing to do? We have to think about it this way. In light of my past, in light of my present, and in light of my future, where I want to be in the future, my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? So let's look at it. What do I mean about when you talk about in light of my past experiences? Okay, everyone here has a different past experience. Everyone here is unique. Everyone here is different. Your past is different than my past. Some of you have temptations. Some of you have addictions. Some of you have blind spots that other people in this room don't have. That's because we're all different, right? God made us all different. But some of you have different pasts than other people, and so in light of not the person sitting next to you's past, not in light of my past, in light of your past, what is the wise thing to do? You have to ask that. In light of, in light of, in light of the past that I've been through, every decision, every invitation, every opportunity that comes my way, I've got to filter through the, the fact of what about my past? What is the wise thing for me to do? Uh, let me give you an example. I had a, a good friend of mine. Many of you know him. Uh, he's deceased now. His name was Tony. Tony and I did an awful lot of things together. Tony and I were very, very good friends. Tony struggled with a very addictive lifestyle. And his past was really dark and was very much abused uh, uh, addiction-wise. Tony would also oftentimes tell me, we'd get together, we'd go on the lake, we'd go fishing, we'd go boat, and we'd do stuff. We did a lot of stuff on, on the lake together, and we'd go out. And Tony would say, well, I used to do drugs with, I used to party with my neighbor down the street. He'd give me this guy's name, and, and we'd, used to, we'd used to get together, and he'd come over, and he'd sell me stuff, and, and, and this was kind of like my, my supplier, and, and this guy would always show up at the door, and every time he showed up at the door, I knew, oh man, I'm going to use again, or I'm going to get myself in trouble. Tony had been clean for a little while, and we'd be getting together, we'd go out to the lake doing something like that, and how was your week, Tony? Well, it was pretty good. Well, anything interesting happened? Yeah. My friend down the street called me again. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just wanted to come over, and we were just going to hang out. Tony, in light of your past experiences with that person, no, 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 
he's clean now. You know, he said he hasn't, you know, done drugs for, I don't know, a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> In light of your past experiences with that person, what's the wise thing to do? Well, there's nothing wrong with having someone come over and, and play cards or play cribbage, is there? No, there's nothing wrong with playing cribbage. There's nothing wrong with playing Monopoly. But in light of your past experiences, should you be playing cribbage with that guy? Does that make sense? And you're all sitting here agreeing, you're shaking your head and saying, yeah, I get it. In light of your, your past experiences, not what's right, not what's legal, not what's moral, what's the wise thing to do? And Tony would say, well, the wise thing to do is not to talk to that guy, not to answer the phone, not to reply to the text. You're right. That's the wise thing to do. How about the middle one? You're present in light of my current circumstances. Well, we know this. We know that life changes a lot. Life is seasonal. And, and, and I think we have to weigh every decision based on our current emotions, based on our current state of mind, based on where we are uh, current financially in a relationship. And we have to make decisions based on where we are currently. For instance, for instance, I've had people counsel with me, say, Pastor Dan, um, I just got through a very long relationship. I just got divorced, okay? And I'm thinking of dating this person, and we're going to start dating next week. Okay, well, there's nothing illegal, nothing wrong with that person. But in light of your current circumstances, the fact that you just got off a real heavy relationship, the fact that you got, just got divorced, the fact that there's so many emotions and so much baggage that can be brought in this, the fact that you could be on a rebound from this, the wise decision is to probably say, time out. For the most part, right? Wait a second. Hold on a second. Give your emotions a chance to take a break, a chance to take a rest. In light of your current circumstances, you just broke up. You just got a divorce. Maybe you shouldn't start dating the day after. Maybe, just maybe. Not for everybody, but you get the idea, okay? And all of us are different. All of us have different current circumstances. So not the person sitting next to you, but your current circumstances. What's the wise thing to do? How about your future. It says your, the final perspective here, your future hopes, your future dreams. What is the wise thing to do? I'll tell you what, this one's a tough one. Because if there's anything that breaks my heart, I, I'll just tell you, it's, it's watching people, listen to me, it's watching people make decisions that undermine their own future. Uh, I do an awful lot of counseling, an awful lot of counseling. I, I love doing counseling. I think it's a wonderful thing. I've done a lot of training in it. And, and, and it breaks my heart to watch couples uh, make relationship decisions that undermine the relationship. It just, it, it just I can't believe we're doing this. Uh, or, or to watch teenagers make decisions that are going to result in consequences that, that, that drag behind them for a decade or two behind them. Why are you making this decision? Aren't you thinking about your future? Or, or when a parent says, you know, I'm going to start parenting in a way that, that I'm looking from the outside and saying, you are driving a wedge between you and your kids you don't see the wedge being driven between you and a relationship today because they're this big. But if you keep doing that, mark my word, when they're this big, they're not going to stand you. They're going to hate. They're going to detest you. They're going to they're, they're going to they're going to count the minutes so they can run out of the house and they'll never be back at church. And it, it, it breaks my heart when I when I counsel with the parents. It's like, what are you doing? Well, it's not illegal. It's not wrong. Legalism. Stop it. It has nothing to do with what's legal, what's illegal, what's moral. What's... You are ruining your future with your kids. What's the wise thing to be doing as a parent? And 
and we, guys, listen, we have got to be thinking about that. We've got to be thinking about what do I want my future to look like and make decisions today about what's the wise thing to do to make sure that my future is the way that it's supposed to be. And that's financially, that's relationship, that's academically, that that's whatever it is. I've, I've heard this before. I've heard, I've heard single guys say this, well, you know, pastor, I just hope someday I get just this beautiful Christian woman, you know, pure woman, just... I'd love to just marry some great Christian, pure woman who loves Jesus. Okay, that's, that's the future that you want? Yeah. Well, then why are you sitting at home watching pornography today? You'll never get over there with what you're doing today. And I've heard it on the other side too. I've heard, I've heard women that have been single saying, boy, I'd just love to get this great Christian guy that, that works hard and brings home the bacon and can fry it up in a pan and, and, you know, and, and he's just a great hard worker and he's stable and he's secure and he's there for me. And I just want a guy that's stable and I want a guy that's there for me and doesn't leave me. Okay, that's your preferred future? That's what you want in the future? Okay. Then, then why do you go and move in with him and sleep around with other guys today? You will never get that guy tomorrow if you're living like that today, it won't happen. So in light of my past, in light of my present, and in light of the future that I want, what is the wise thing that I should be doing today? Not what's moral, not what's accepted, not what, what they say is okay on television, but, but what is the right thing to do? I've had people say that with finances. Pastor, I'm trying to get debt free. Well, praise God. You know, I'm going to take care of my finances. Okay, praise God. So what would you do this weekend? Well, I went to Costco. Oh, yeah? What happened there? Well, you know what happened there. I realized how small my 55-inch TV was, and so I ended up buying an 80-inch TV because the 55 was too small. You said you wanted to be debt-free. Then why'd you buy the television today? You'll never be debt-free if you keep living like that. So, so what is the... Well, there's nothing wrong with buying a big TV. You're right. But is that the wise thing for you to be doing? I mean, see, we've got to think about stuff like that. And we have to be, be doing that. Instead of, instead of asking, you know, what's the wise thing, we say this. Well, I'm not hurting anybody. I can handle it. There's no law against it. God will forgive me. That's a classic. It isn't legal in this state. <laughs> don't, 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 don't stoop down to the, the lowest common denominator and say, what's wrong with this? We need to be saying, what is, what's the wisest thing to do? What's the wisest thing to do to protect your marriage? What's the wisest thing to do to protect your children? Where do you want your future to be with your children? Do you ever think about that for a minute? We're running out of time here, but let's talk about kids for a minute. We'll, we'll make this a child-raising series real quick. An awful lot of you with young kids stood up here on this very stage in the last couple of years. You did. And you got in front of the entire church. Do you remember that time? And you did what? You dedicated yourselves, husband and wife, to doing what? To raising your children in the what? In the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And the reason we had a public dedication service is so that you, publicly in front of you, said, I want to raise my kids to be everything that God wants them to be. Do you remember that time? Do you remember doing that? A lot of you parents have done it. Most of you parents have done it. I encourage you to do it. I think it's great. Okay. So you told the whole church that your desire is to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's what you want your future to be. Then why are you raising your kids like this today? You will never get over there if you keep raising your kids like this today. It won't happen. You just lied in front of the whole church. Well, I'll be exempt. Church, listen. No one's exempt. You're not exempt. I'm not exempt. You, you, you're going to pay the piper someday, okay? 
So, so don't think about that and, don't, and, and forget about it and say, well, it's not going to happen to me. No, it is going to happen. And, 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 and we've got to make sure that we take really uh, strategic and, and planned decisions and we raise our kids correctly. Not just what's legally, not what's right, not what's wrong, but what's the wise thing to do about raising my children and protecting them today. Parents, when it comes to your kids' education, you better be thinking about that. You got up here on the stage and you said, I want my kids to be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Okay, you're going to hate me. But if you let the next 12 years the government raise your kid, <laughs> there is no way over there 12 years from now you will have fulfilled that promise that you're doing everything to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord because you just let Tony Evers raise your children. That's just, uh, listen, that's just the truth, okay? Is that not the truth? That's, but so if you're serious about it, say, well, i got to do something. You better make sure you're making the right decisions today so that your kids become who it is that you, you want them to be today. You, listen, don't think you're just going to get lucky and my kids are just going to grow up and just serve Jesus and marry a good person and they're just going to, I just know someday that it's not going to happen just by luck, okay? It, it's just, yeah. well, I want my kids to be the salt and the light. Well, good, you better be putting the salt and light in them every positive day you can. Well, I send them to church 45 minutes a week. Really? You really think coming to a church, even as good as this one, 45 minutes a week, is going to raise your children? There's not a chance. <laughs> don't, settle, don't settle for the good. Don't settle for the legal. Don't settle for the permissible. Don't settle for what's acceptable. Don't settle for just what's tolerable. Don't do that. Don't live like that. You have got to be asking, I've got to be asking, what is the wisest thing to do? What is, what is the best thing that I could possibly be doing biblically in my marriage, with my finances, with my kids, with my relationship, with my work? What is the wise thing to do? Not the legal thing, not the acceptable thing, not the, not the, you know, the standard. What's the wise thing to do? Okay? That, you see how this question is a maturity question? I hate this question already, and I'm the one preaching on it. All right, I'm going to give you two questions I want you to think about this week, okay? Two questions I want you to fill in the blank. I want you to think about it this week. I want you to pray about it this week. Here's question number one. I just want you to think about it. When making decisions, just think about this. Why are, why are we more prone to evaluate our options through the filter of legal, moral, ethical, or even acceptable than through the filter of wisdom? Why is that so hard? I, I, I want you to think about it. I want you to write your answer on the sheet of paper. I'm not going to score it. You don't have to bring it back. I'm not going to test you on it. But I want you to think about why is it so hard for me to ask that question. And the second question I want you to ask is this. Would you commit, and this is a yes or no answer, would you commit to asking, not, not acting on, but just asking, just asking. Okay, you don't have to act on it, but just ask. Will you commit to just asking the wisdom question for the next seven days every time you have to make a decision of any value, okay? We're not talking about, you know, should I have, you know, peanut butter and jelly or should I have, you know, macaroni and cheese for lunch because that's not a big decision. But any decision that you come up that has any weight or any value to it this week, can you, can you promise yourself, not promise me, that you will just ask yourself the wisdom question this week? Even if you're not going to act on the, the wisdom question, can you at least just promise to ask yourself for the next seven days, what is the wise thing to do? Get your mind thinking a little bit about what you think about. All right? Okay. <laughs> We're going to continue this next week. I've got another question to ask. 
I don't think it's as painful as this one, but it's still a pretty tough one that I want you to think about, I want you to pray about, and, and we're all going to learn together to make better decisions so we all, as Christians, live a life of less regrets, okay? I tell you what, um, the, the best decision I ever made was when I was in second grade. You know what that was? When I was in second grade, Mr. Bill Sipri introduced me to Jesus Christ, introduced me to the fact when I was in second grade in Sunday school that God loved me so much, he died on the cross and paid my debt. Because I have sin, I do things bad all the time, and I can't pay them. I can't go to church enough, I can't give enough money, I can't be baptized enough, I can't join enough churches. There's nothing I can do to pay for the debt. God says, you don't have to pay for the debt, I paid for the debt. What you have to do is accept the fact that I paid it for you. You have to believe it, you trust it, depend, rely upon it. Take a look at this verse over here, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Such a great verse, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith. You're not saved by your good works, of course not, you're not saved by going to church. You're saved through your faith. It's not you. It's not yourself. It's a gift of God. And these next three words so powerful. It's not a work. It's not baptism. It's not joining a church. It's not being good. It's not repenting from all your sins. It's not turning over a new leaf. It can't be. It's nothing you or I can ever do. It's not a work because, you know, when you get to heaven, you're not going to brag about, well, I'm here because I went to church or I became a member. No, it's not going to do anything. It's a matter of simply believing that, God, I realize I'm a sinner. I can't pay for it, but Jesus paid my debt for me. When he died on the cross, he paid it for me. I accept it. I believe it. I trust it. I just, like I'm standing here and the stage is going to hold me up. I believe it. I believe Jesus Christ paid for it. I'm not relying on anything else but you to have paid my sin debt for me. And God says forever you're part of my family, never to be lost, never to be forsaken. You are a Christian. You're sealed forever. All right? That's the biggest and best decision you could ever make. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I encourage you to do that today. Okay? That's the beginning of the Christian life right there. Let's have a word of prayer, uh, and then we'll be dismissed today, all right? Let's pray. Father in heaven, it's good to be here today, Lord. We're thankful for all you've done. Lord, help us to make better decisions so we can live a life as Christians with fewer regrets. Lord, help us this week to ask the wisdom question. What's the wise thing to do? That's it. Just what's the wise thing to do? Would you challenge us? Would you work in my heart? Would you work in everyone's heart this week to be honest about that and ask the wisdom question? Lord, maybe someone today is trusting in you as Savior again. We just ask for a blessing on them. If someone right now in the quietness of their mind, God, I realize I'm a sinner. God, I can't pay for it. But God, I believe Jesus paid it. I'm accepting that today. Lord, would you give them just a special, special blessing as they trusted in Christ as your Savior today. In your name we pray. Amen. very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.